more to the latest in Quadratainer's APM podcast. Try and sound a bit more enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, uh, so based on um, Body Mind version 6. This topic is about teamwork. So my name is Tim O'Connor. And with me is my colleague Adam Montgomery. Hello. <laughs> whose head was against the microphone as he said that. Um, and so with teamwork, it's one of these topics that, as you'd expect, just runs as a theme throughout um, all projects. And it's something that has to require attention if a project is going to finish more or less on time. So having estimated rates of productivity um, can be more likely achieved if the teamwork is at the expected level. So there's a couple of ex- uh, assessment criteria we're going to be talking around. Um, the characteristics and benefits of what you might regard as being an effective team and then the kind of things that can help you in creating an effective team so factors involved in the creation um, such as social roles models like um, that of Meredith Belbin or the similar models such as uh, Myers-Briggs um, the Tuckman team development model um, so they'll be the ones that we'll be, we'll be focusing on really because a norming or performing team to use a parlance of Tuckman um, is unlikely to occur by itself certainly not very quickly anyway um, so trying to translate a group of individuals into a cohesive team is something that will require the attention of the project manager so over to you Adam for the first uh, the first explanation so uh, describing the characteristics and benefits of effective teams yes okay um, trying to find the, uh, the the appropriate information um, <laughs> <laughs> I teach quite a lot of courses on teamwork, so I should probably know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really prepared. It's all very, it's all very intuitive, isn't it? <laughs> off the top of my head, I mean, what is what is what is what are the characteristics of an effective team? Well, I think uh, one of the key things is that you need a balance of of skills. Um, so, when we talk about skills, I don't necessarily just mean technical skills, but uh, the sort of things that Belbin would talk about. So, you need people who are good at coming up with ideas, people who are good at problem solving, people who are good at uh, ensuring the team is driven to reach its goals. People are good at keeping harmony and all the rest of it, so we'll look a bit more of that in Melbourne. So I think you need a balance of individuals. Uh, Effective teams uh, have very clear objectives, um, so everybody uh, in the team should know exactly what they're trying to do. There should be mutual trust and support there. Um, They should be great communicators. We need open communication in the team. They should be prepared to um, be honest and open and, and... have a, maybe a culture of uh, not blame but you know uh, sort of accepting criticism and, and being allowed to voice dissent if you like within the group these are all greater uh, characteristics of, of effective teams so should we go on and look at how a couple of these models can help us yeah yeah, yeah why not so um, I don't know where did you want to start with a particular one Tim yeah so if we start with uh, with Myers-Briggs maybe lovely um, so for this Myers-Briggs, it's, it's a big old topic in its own right, and you may have come yes. across something like this at work already. Um, quite often something along these lines is used in um, filtering people for job interviews. Um, and so a team is made up of individuals, like an obvious point. Um, but <laughs> but well made. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end of the topic. <laughs> um, but you're not going to have, if say if you've got five or six people um, in the team, it's unlikely they're all going to be exactly the same in terms of their personalities and so just because of who they are if you work for a cloning organisation yeah so (laughs) just in case you don't um, then listen on Um, so you may well find that um, some individuals within the team clash because in effect they're they're wired the same they're they're, they're, the kind of uh, 
same kind of people and you see this in in families quite a lot as well so with Myers-Briggs um there are four pairings um and individuals are seen as belonging to um, a pairing within each of these four groupings so to begin with um in terms of where people actually draw their energy from um they can be regarded as uh, being introverted or extroverted um and so some people um may really just prefer to be surrounded by by others in a group um others not at all and so you know they so we could do this with us couldn't we to bring it to life as we go through so i'm definitely an extrovert yeah i'd say if i i'd say you were more introverted would that be fair or? <laughs> i think your silence speaks volumes <laughs> would that be fair or not I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, mean, and, I mean, no one's, yeah. uh, of course, either all one or all the other, are they? And, and the thing with all this is just um, where this is quite useful is that for individuals to know themselves. Mm. Um, Do any of us really know ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very deep, very deep. <laughs> um, but even if you are by nature introverted, um, you it may be uncomfortable for you, but there will be certain points when um, you have to come out of your shed a little bit. Mm. Um, and so, for the point of view of the group leader, the project manager in this instance. Um, you have an, an awareness about how you can try to act, try to get somebody to act against type, so even temporarily. So another of the grouping is that an individual can be classed as being either thinking or feeling. So if you're a thinking kind of person, um, you're much more logical, um, whereas feeling is more intuitive. Isn't it, it is intuitive, yeah, although, sort of... although intuition is one of the, the, the other. Uh, um, the, the head yeah, it's well, it's, like, it's a good point. Yes, yeah, it's more kind of visceral if you like and so you know more more instinctive yes yes uh, and and so you just see that by pairing people together that are opposites in that regard um there can be frustrations um because somebody is very factual very objective and, and somebody else would be perceived as just doing things in an instinctive way yeah. so the thinking feeling thing always uh makes me think of the the sort of well it's more of an analogy these days but there's this there's some quite words to have this idea of the difference between the left and the right brain hmm. Okay, and the other uh, the other areas that Myers Briggs uh, looks at in terms of our personality, sensing or intuition, can't particularly remember this one. So. Yeah, so with uh, with sensing, and um, again, you, you can probably, as Adam was uh, just trying to do, um, kind of like place yourself or uh, or family members in one of these pairings. So with sensing, this is somebody that um, is concerned with the present and the past, um, whereas somebody who has intuition as a preference is much more the future um, and so as a consequence if you're in a project and you're dealing with a change then somebody of an intuition type might be more enthused by the change um, because that's their, their preference mm. whereas somebody who would rather things stay the same um, that might be because of this, this sensing preference that they have I can't remember what I am there. I did. I did type myself once, Myers Briggs. Can't remember what I was. Yeah. I think I'm. I'm, fe- I'm surprisingly, I'm a feeler, not a thinker. Oh, well, I realised the way I said <laughs> I'm a feeler sounded wrong there. But uh, a very small room, and you're blocking access yeah. to the door. Oh, dear. But uh, um, I always thought I was very logical and, and analytical and everything. But in fact, um, I quite often do that, and then I just go with my hunch anyway. Yeah, so and that, that's interesting. A, that's I, it surprised me when I found out. Yeah, because like tests like this can be quite valuable because sometimes you can have an unrealistic idea of yourself mm. as odd as it sounds I would say you're a thinker would you I don't know a bit of both I'd say yeah. but it's difficult again because you think um, you know, when you're carrying out a self-assessment 
Mm. You know, you're just thinking of yourself in, in different instances. Mm. Um, but I think all this sort of with, with these Myers Briggs types, um, typically, um, if you have a test several years apart, you ordinarily would find that you come out with the same result. Mm. Um, so it's not like, say, um, Belbin that we're going to have a look at or talk about uh, in a in a couple of minutes, where you may well find um, that your preference changes with the Belbin role. Myers Briggs typically these these roles remain the same, and so you just need to know that. You have to play against tight sometimes. So the final uh, pairings, judging or perceiving. If you are of uh, judging preference, um, then you're more structured, organised, um, whereas perceiving, a bit more spontaneous. And, and you can you can really get evidence of this just by how somebody has their desk. Um, so if somebody is a, of a judging preference, it's much more likely that everything is neat and tidy. If it's perceiving, not. Um but they know where everything is. They have their own filing system. Uh, and again, if you what is that phrase of desks, <laughs> what is that phrase? The phrase phrase about desks. If you have a cluttered desk, you have a cluttered mind. Something like that. No, mm. you don't know that. No. Oh, okay. People use it as a bit of an insult. If if you know if your desk is a bit busy, then they say, oh, you know, I can't. I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> filthy desk, filthy mind, that sort of thing. <laughs> But I always just think <laughs> you, you have an empty desk, empty mind. Oh, look at this. See which one you are then. Again, getting very defensive. Um, but you see, with all this, like, the idea of it all is that um, a, a team is made up of individuals, and you can just see where frustrations can come because people are just different in some regards. Um, and so you can't necessarily choose the members of your team. Um, so very often you just have to play the hand that you're dealt. Um, but if you, <laughs> if you think that there is conflict. The Ace of Spades. <laughs> or any Motorhead song. But. Uh, <laughs> If there is conflict, sometimes it's just because of the fact that um, people have <laughs> an aversion, for want of a better term, um, to the kind of person that they're paired with. Um, so Myers-Briggs um, is something that can be of use if you're trying to have more knowledge of individuals in the team and also for the in- individuals themselves mm. that have more knowledge of themselves. So it can be quite useful in that instance. Um, so there's another um, model that we'll, uh, we'll talk about here, the um, Belbin Social Roles Model. Would you like to outline that, Adam? Yeah, I would. So uh, I'm aware we're, we're probably keeping you up at the moment. So uh, <laughs> so I'm going to race through this. So basically, Meredith Belbin, professor at Cambridge, uh, looks at how teams work. Is and Henley? Oh, uh, I think it was at Cambridge University. But anyway, anyway, is it broad, broadly <laughs> irrelevant. It's not going to get any points in the exam. Um, he basically uh, thought his initial premise was that, that teams... <laughs> I said I'll race through it. Teams doing his best to stop me. I'm just after the truth. That's all. Um <laughs> So, yeah, he, he, he basically observed management teams undertaking uh, typical sort of tasks that you might undertake on a management course uh, over a long period of time. And his premise was that the best teams would be those with the most intelligent people in them. But he was uh, horrified initially, I think, to find out that that wasn't the case. The teams that performed the best and produced the best results were those that had a mixture of skills, a balance of skills. So he came up with nine roles, nine kind of key uh, uh, roles that you would you would want on a team really in order to create this band. So here they go. Are we ready? Number one, the shaper. These are very driven individuals who will drive the team towards the results and make sure that they achieve. Uh, they can potentially be seen as a little uh, little arrogant or aggressive, maybe. Uh, the implementers. These are very steady, reliable individuals. Potentially a little conservative. Not not great with change. Uh, completer finishers this is the third role lots of these around in my experience uh, these are your sort of perfectionist type they're down there in the detail dusting the i's and crossing the t's we need these people can get a little anxious sometimes <laughs> not great necessarily at delegating uh, that's a, a very sort of common thing with perfectionists 
Team workers, these are very harmonious. Uh, well, they're not necessarily harmonious, but they, they like harmony, so they, they go around. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> rules. <laughs> they, <laughs> they go around creating team harmony. Uh, so they'll bring the team together. They're very great listeners. They're diplomatic, usually, uh, very trustworthy. Uh, they don't particularly like conflict, and they struggle, therefore, sometimes to make decisions uh, on the basis that every decision you make is likely to upset someone. Uh, specialists, uh, these are, uh, can I use a uh, slight, slightly exaggerated? Well, here these sort of your geeks, really, aren't they? These your engineers, your uh, although geeks are a good word these days, isn't it? Hmm. It's turned well, around, especially if you've been identified as a specialist <laughs> yeah. or a geek. <laughs> um, but no, you get, you get t-shirts with geek written on it. It's quite a cool thing. And there's that program, isn't there? The um, sitcom, Big Bang Theory. There you go. So geeks are good, and uh, specialists are geeks. <laughs> <laughs> so these are uh, people with skills in resupply. So IT developers, engineers, this sort of thing. Um, so very useful um, people to have on board. Um, potentially, of course, their downside is they sometimes struggle to step back and see see the big picture, so they're down there in the detail. Uh, monitor evaluators, I'm told, uh, but I haven't got any evidence to back it up, uh, other than purely anecdotal evidence on the Belbin profiles I've done with people. Um, this is the rarest of the types, apparently. So this is a very uh, analytical uh, rational, logical kind of type, very good problem solvers, just make, make the right decisions. Um, they can be perceived as a little dull and yeah. inspiring, apparently. And, and people with those characteristics can be very useful in an assurance role. Um, so that's why that, that, that role is so oh, valuable, okay. really. So, nice. yeah, typically they wouldn't be quick to reach a decision, but more often than not, the decision that they do reach is, in retrospect, proved to be a correct one rather than a hastily reached decision that, in retrospect, is viewed as being incorrect. Is there any such thing as right and wrong? Anyway, uh, plants. Plants is the, the seventh type I think we're looking at here. These are ideas people. Uh, so uh, these are generally quite creative and innovative individuals who come up with lots of ideas. Um, resource investigators. These are quite extroverted, generally quite enthusiastic individuals, good at, uh, often quite sociable, good at networking, the kind of pill that can get you uh, something if you need it, whatever that might be. Sounds a bit mysterious, doesn't it? Del boy, um, Del boy, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And the last one is coordinators. So coordinators in the in the sort of Belbin picture of these roles, they, they sit right in the middle, conducting everything. Uh, a lot of middle managers are, are quite strong coordinators, so they're good at delegating, coordinating. Really, I used to be called the chair. I think when Belbin first brought these out, chairperson. Um, but they're right in the middle there. Can occasionally, I think, be perceived as a little manipulative or. People do sometimes wonder what on earth they do because they're so good at delegating and stuff. They don't often seem to be doing anything themselves. So they're the nine roles. And basically, Belbin said that uh, a team, sh a good team, should be comprised of as many of these roles as possible. Of course, it's a bit unrealistic to think you can choose your project team by uh, giving everyone a Belbin self-assessment questionnaire to complete and then choose one of each role or, or whatever it might be. Um, but getting an idea of the strengths and weaknesses of your, your team, I think, can be very useful. We all have preferred roles, secondary roles. It's not like we're just one thing or the other. It might be you have peaks and, uh, in two or three of these areas. Uh, and equally, we probably have roles we should avoid. So generally speaking, if you do a, a Belbin assessment, you'll come out in some areas with very, very little of one particular role. So it's probably not your strength. And trying to get you to undertake that, that strength might be harder work that's not to say it should be used as an excuse 
which I, I'm told some people do use Belbin as a bit of an excuse. So they say, I'm not a plant. Don't ask me for any ideas. Um, but just be aware, I think, as a manager, that if you're trying to get ideas out of lots of people who don't really have much plant in them. Were you role-playing then? I don't know what I'm <laughs> just talking. No, I don't think it was role-playing. About of a thousand voices. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I mean, that's that's pretty much it, really, uh, Belbin. So it's it's a great model, actually. It's very useful, and it's can help you think about the strengths and weaknesses of your team whether you've got a good balance of skills and individuals so i think we're going to talk about one more model which is yeah. quite different it's sort of team development so talking about how teams develop over yeah. time so this this is will be um we'll, we'll focus on bruce tupman's um model of team developments forming storming norming performing um so individuals that are in a newly formed team Enjoying. when it's when it's forming um they are typically quite quiet, unassertive, watchful. Everybody's trying to suss each other out. Um, but then storming is when there is going to be a degree of dissension. Um, so people might be stepping forward trying to claim some kind of leadership role in the team. There may be disagreement between allocated roles. Um, but storming in itself isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's very useful to bring these things out into the open. So it can be quite creative. So it's not necessarily something that you should be encouraged to just rattle through as quickly as you can. But once there has been acceptance... It's inevitable, roles, though, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. Oh, it is, yeah. said you, they're going to do this whether you like it or not. Yeah. But, and the thing of it is it's, it's something that in itself ought not to be discouraged because um, because if people aren't allowed to give vent, um, mm. it's bound to surface at some point. Absolutely. And so once there has been a degree of, um, of acceptance of roles, um, it's then that the team can move to the norming phase and they all say can move to the norming phase these are just observable behaviours if you see that a team is only half as productive as you estimated they would be then one of the reasons for that could be that the team development isn't that good they're concentrating more on each other rather than the work in hand so when they're in the norming phase they should be at or around the um, the relative degree of productivity norm? the norm yeah <laughs> the, what's the word I'm looking for now um, norming that's what it'll be yeah um, so, it's not a word, is it, normally? <laughs> <laughs> um, but they should be where you thought they would be. Mm. Um, and then performing, which isn't a phase that every team necessarily reaches um, because they require a fair bit of time to be able to do so. But performing will, will be when they're actually performing beyond your expectations. Synergy. Synergy, yeah. And so the individuals are have created something that's greater than the... Some of, the, of its parts. Some of its parts, I suppose, yeah. But should something change, so if what you're asking these people to do changes or if the group membership changes, then it may well be that there's a reversion back to forming and storming. Mm. Um, similarly as well... And you, you see that all the time. If you watch any reality television, I know you uh, you love a little bit of... Uh, a bit of that, Tim. So uh, you know, if you watch it, you watch anything like Big Brother or uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, anything. You know, they clearly know this model because they do everything to keep these individuals in this yeah. storming phase. You know, they will not let them because otherwise, you know, you put people three weeks in the jungle, they would move to to norming yeah. and sometimes form. But they they introduce new members, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, making sure they keep them storming. Yeah, and that's one of the things. I mean, and going back to Myers Briggs and Tupman that we saw. Um, they ensure that there will be some people that would be pretty much the same and so might be quite likely to clash. Other people that are the polar opposite of certain individuals, and again, that makes good telly, 
Um, but if they were just fighting all the time, then that itself wouldn't be wouldn't be a good thing. So there would be some people that would be complimentary. So they'd be making use of these. So when you do become a celebrity project manager, and two years later you'll be in the Australian jungle, um, come back to these I things. I taught. I've I've uh, I've met two people who've been on the apprentices. I taught one of the apprentice members how to be a project manager. Then we got thrown out the first week. <laughs> can I can I add that I taught them after they'd been on the apprentice? <laughs> I hope you actually have booked at this time. <laughs> if not, uh, it's probably too late to get out of it. Um, so with Tupman, it's something that um, even if you're not necessarily au fait with the terminology, hopefully you recognise the behaviours. Yeah. Well, um, the term, the, in terms of the exam, this is a great question if it comes up because most people can remember it because it rhymes. So, yeah. so it's... Um, I think the other thing to say about this, you, you need to be aware of this as a manager, as a project manager, because you know there are certain behaviours of leadership, if you like, leadership styles or, or certain things you can do to, to make sure, as you referred to at the beginning there, that the team does pull, pull through these earlier stages as, as quickly as possible and, and they move towards hmm. the normally performing. Because some people argue that you think, well, team building is an innate thing, and so as a consequence, let people alone and the group will form a team and that may well be the case in certain instances but it's unlikely to be at the timetable you'd wish for it to be mm. um, so it is likely to require the intervention of the project manager so the last part of this then is just basically answering the question why of this so what are the benefits of effective teamwork so what are they Adam? Uh, well I mean uh, I guess they're quite obvious really, but as ever I think with the these with these questions it's it's about it, I think the challenge in the exam is about keeping them distinct and not just sort of repeating just saying it's generally good lots of times so I mean you tend to get increased uh, productivity from the team as, as you mentioned at the beginning um, a lot of the other stuff is just going to really um, permit that but there'll be there's like to be reduced conflict uh, again something we talked about a couple of times uh, much better problem solving if you've got a, a whole range of uh, balance of skills and so on involved therefore the, the team costs less to manage um, because they're getting on well and, and so on and um, so so all of that right I think that's teamwork done okay thank you Adam okay. cheers Tim